Welcome to our latest podcast with me, Sarah Rundell from Treasury Today Group and Standard Chartered, where we discuss a bank's perspective on today's key Treasury priorities. I will be talking to Standard Chartered's Stuart Keelan, Head of Financial Markets in the UK and Europe, and Desiree Pires, Managing Director, Head of Corporate Sales Europe, on how inflation, M&A activity and hedging will increasingly shape strategy. What we're seeing now is general reviews of hedging policies and programmes. How appropriate are existing policies in coping with unexpected shocks? How can we assess and measure um, what good looks like from a policy perspective? Sustainability is another huge priority as corporates seek to manage their carbon footprint. We've committed to our stand on accelerating to net zero, not only to manage our own carbon footprint, but more importantly, that of the clients that we work with and we finance. Stuart and Desiree discuss how the scaling carbon market will enable companies to meet their sustainability targets going forward. Hi Desiree and Stuart, welcome. Stuart, could you begin by giving your perspective on how market conditions over the pandemic have impacted risk management and financing for corporates? I guess I'd start by laying out the context. The COVID pandemic has reverberated across global economics and I think will continue to be the backdrop of financial markets for for some years now. And what did that really mean? I mean, we we saw extreme volatility that we haven't seen uh, since the 2008 global financial crisis. We saw central banks respond swiftly and decisively by reducing interest rates or by you know, quantitative easing programs. We also saw, you know, as a consequence of that, a fundamental restrike in market pricing across interest rate markets, foreign exchange, and commodity asset prices. And as a result, you know, we saw corporates respond through restructuring their hedging programs across all their exposures, whether that be rates, foreign exchange, or commodities. And also, they took advantage of low cost of financing with many different purposes, sometimes to shore up balance sheets, sometimes with a view to invest in their business via digital programs or ESG projects, or indeed M&A opportunities uh, should they arise. Desiree, what have you seen? Yeah, I think a really interesting aspect, um, you know, that we've seen as well is if you think about it, COVID was one thing, but you look back over the last 10 years, the last decade, we've had the global financial crisis, we've had interest rates at record lows, we've even had negative interest rates, um, we've had election shocks, um, the US, Brexit, and then COVID. So really, companies have had numerous shocks that they've had to deal with. And and really, what we're seeing now is general reviews of hedging policies and programs. How appropriate are existing policies in coping with unexpected shocks? How can we assess and measure um, what good looks like from a policy perspective? So we're spending a lot of time with our clients on that, you know, using analytics and backtesting tools to develop the frameworks that will be able to withstand shocks, uh, dynamic and, and flexible hedging policies. Um, and really going back to the drawing board and looking at how things have been done and whether that continues to be optimal in the type of decade that we've seen. I also think we've seen a greater appreciation for options. 
you know, when forecasts are uncertain, as we've seen COVID has demonstrated, um, and when shocks happen, actually, the value of having some optionality in your hedging program is perhaps more than you would initially think. So that, I think, is also a changing trend that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now as markets settle into a new normal, what are the major trends you expect to emerge as top of the agenda for for corporate treasurers? Yeah, so I think Stuart touched on it earlier, definitely um, with uh, liquidity plentiful, interest rates relatively low. We've seen um, a lot of M&A activity, certainly in the last few years. And that's something that we expect to continue as corporates look to take advantage of interest rates whilst they remain low and whilst liquidity remains plentiful. So we do think we will see that continued consolidation and continued M&A activity. But I think what's interesting is we're also having lots of conversations on inflation. So rate views are perhaps changing. Um, the comfort that rates will continue to be lower for longer that we've had in the last kind of, you know, more than a decade is maybe changing to real concerns about inflation risk coming through. Uh, and impacting businesses from a cost perspective, as well as the impact of higher interest rates on the cost of debt. And I guess linked to that and linked to the general uncertain outlook, we've had um, companies react in terms of um, been quite active in, in pre-hedging, so pre-hedging future issuance, maybe increasing their fixed exposures, as well as actually trying to really understand the inflationary aspects of their business, so picking apart uh, costs and trying to understand the underlying drivers. Is it wages? Is it maybe uh, raw materials? Is it commodity links? So lots of uh, we're working with clients, lots of analysis on that as well. I guess that one of the trends we should mention, Desiree, is the is the impact on supply chains that's been driven really by not only COVID but by Brexit, by trade wars, and a lot of the challenges for globalization of trade. And as a consequence. Companies and corporates are faced with increased red tape and really having to respond by, uh, I suppose, navigating their supply chains around that. And that we've seen many corporates shorten their supply chains, localize them in some cases. And indeed, in, in order to kind of work around uh, much of the red tape and, and changes, we've seen clients trying to digitize those supply chains with uh, solutions and help them along the way. Yes, absolutely. Now I'd like to turn the conversation to sustainability. How can corporate treasury support a business on its net zero journey? Sure, Sarah. At Standard Charter Bank, we've committed to our stands on accelerating to net zero, uh, not only to manage our own carbon footprint, but more importantly, that of the clients that we work with and we finance. Uh, Given that over 80% of the world's carbon emissions come from our footprint markets, such as Asia, Africa, and the Middle East, we believe we are a key part of solving that problem and partnering with our clients to take a stand to achieve net zero carbon uh, by 2050. We think that achieving that goal will require a really transparent and efficient carbon market. Our CEO, Bill Winters, chairs the task force on scaling voluntary carbon markets. And furthermore, we've launched Climate Impact X uh, to partner with DBS, SGX and Temasek to create a really innovative global exchange for high quality carbon credits to support our clients' pathway to net zero. 
Yeah, and for me, this is this is a really important point. Our, our clients are spending lots of time thinking about how they can integrate ESG principles into their business more broadly, whether it's internal company goals, you know, reducing plastics or improving energy efficiency, to actually incorporating that as part of treasury policy. So, so you know, we've been thinking about how we can help them achieve that. Uh, more than just ESG-linked financing, uh, we have, for example, a sustainable deposit product. You know, a simple deposit placement can also be ESG-friendly from a client perspective and contribute towards those ultimate goals. We've transacted ESG-linked derivatives in FX, interest rates, and commodities, linked um, not only to, to, to use of proceeds that are sustainable or meet ESG criteria, but also performance links, so linked to kind of meeting various ESG performance targets. Um, but really, you know, as Stuart mentioned, for me, the big one is also um, the voluntary carbon market. It's, it's hugely exciting. You know, at present, companies will buy or sell carbon for what we would call compliance purposes. It's, it's maybe regulatory driven. Um, and yes, there are lots of exciting developments there with, uh, you know, the China market and, and the U.S., you know, looking to replicate some of uh, what's there in Europe already. But, you know, going forward, we expect more demand um, to offset carbon, even if it's not necessarily regulatory driven. And the problem is that actually as more and more companies want to transition to net zero and want to offset their carbon, actually there isn't sufficient supply right now. It, you know, it will require more supply than the current market uh, can manage. So that's really where we're coming from with scaling up this market and with um, CIX. We want to create these high quality carbon assets in a robust marketplace that will allow us to help companies who just on a voluntary basis want to meet sustainability targets going forward. And, you know, it's interesting to think about, you know, as that develops, could we start to see new industries and new sectors emerging as suppliers of carbon credits? And, and of course, there are the other sides as well. One of the interesting, we, we talked about inflation earlier, an interesting aspect that um, we're also spending time uh, with our clients on is actually to what extent does uh, transitioning to net zero and offsetting your carbon actually add to cost pressures? To what extent is that in itself inflationary? So uh, it's a lots of interesting things to think about, I think, in that whole area. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's such a fast-changing arena as well. Stuart, anything to add there? Yeah, look, uh, I think what, one of the really interesting challenges that I see in this transition is what does net zero mean and how do we measure it? And uh, I think at Standard Chartered, we're trying to take a lead on defining what that definition. Whilst uh, I think certain markets are developing their thinking pretty fast, you know, for example, in Europe, most markets have not made their commitments via policy quite yet because frankly they don't have the ability to finance that transition or indeed they have a reliance on heavily emitting kind of carbon industries. At Standard Chartered we're working to define a methodology and a market standard and be transparent with our stakeholders and clients uh, to really stimulate that debate and our stand of accelerating to net zero is about partnering with our clients to address their challenges on the journey to sustainability. A subject on which we'll no doubt hear much more in the future. Thank you, Stuart and Desiree, for a wonderful discussion. Sarah, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Sarah. It was a pleasure. 
Thank you to Standard Chartered's Stuart Keelan and Desiree Pires for sharing their expertise on a bank's perspective of Treasury's post-pandemic priorities. Thank you for listening. To hear more of our podcast episodes and to discover all our other audio content, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from.